This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Friday, September 20th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Alley. Here's today's headlines. State districts consider ag emission reductions. Trade aid, partisan politics, fuel feud. And FDA pushed on hemp. Air District advances ambitious emission plans for Shafter and Fresno. The governing board for the San Joaquin Valley Air Pollution Control District approved the $38 million plan for Shafter yesterday, as well as a $44 million plan for South Central Fresno. The emissions reduction plans propose a range of incentive programs to reduce air pollution levels in the vulnerable communities. Plans were driven by concerns from residents and environmental justice advocates raised during the 50 meetings this year. For agriculture, the Shafter plan dedicates $5 million for upgrading tractors and other ag equipment, $2.5 million for switching to low-dust harvesters, a million to reduce agriculture burning, and $230,000 to replace irrigation pumps with electric units. The district cannot regulate pesticides. But the Department of Pesticide Regulation committed to $125,000 to expanding its monitoring efforts in the region and developing a notification system to alert residents ahead of applications. DPR is also working on increasing the mitigation measure for 1-3-D. Several environmental justice advocates urged DPR and the district to implement the more aggressive actions proposed by the steering committee. Ag Group supported the plan. Manuel Cunha of the Nisei Farmers League, however, was disappointed the incentives were recently cut for clean trucks used on dairy feedlots. Trucks are trucks, he said. I don't care if they're on a dairy or a street sweeper. Several farmers at the meeting were more concerned over the Sustainable Groundwater Management Act going into effect next year. One of the board members said fallowing of at least a half a million acres in the region would present huge obstacles in the very near future for the plan. The California Air Resources Board will cast the final votes next month for approving the plans. The district board, meanwhile, is recommending an area in southwest Stockton for the next emission reduction program. You can read the full report of the plans on www.agripulse.com. ARB, Project to Reduce Ag Emissions, a Success While Funding Lags. At the same time in Sacramento, ARB heard updates on a separate air quality incentives program that launched in January. The San Joaquin Valley Project has specifically targeted fine particulate matter known as PM2.5. ARB levied a number of clean air requirements beginning last year to reduce the PM2.5 levels and has several more rolling out through 2021. According to agency staff, 90% of the emission reductions to date have come from regulations. This program addresses the final 10% through incentive grants, which has reportedly been successful. The staff highlighted that ARB has now upgraded 4,000 tractors, wheel loaders, forklifts, and harvesting equipment. District programs, meanwhile, have funded 1,500 all-electric ag UTVs. CDFA has also funded more than $102 million in dairy methane reduction projects, funding from the USDA Natural Resources Conservation Service, US EPA, and the State Farmer Program has pushed the program halfway to its reduction goals. Yet Newsom significantly cut the farmer and methane reduction programs in his budget.
Partisan rancor invades House Ag. A bill needed to keep the government running and farmers' trade aid payments flowing this fall headed to the Senate, but not before sparking a highly unusual and bitter partisan feud of the House Ag Committee. The blow-up among top committee members illustrates the important role of rural votes in next year's elections. In brief, here's what happened. At a hearing Thursday, ranking Republican Mike Conaway blasted Democrats for considering denying a White House request to replenish the account USDA is using to make the trade aid payments. Committee Democrats, led by Chairman Colin Powell, were having none of that. Later, a subcommittee chair, Philemon Vila of Texas, fired off a tweet referring to an unnamed lawmaker as, quote, a racist Christian pretender. Vila confirmed uh, AgriPulse Ben Newell that he was referring to Conway. Vila said, he hasn't talked to me yet, but I can't wait till he tries to. This level of vitriol in the House Ag is virtually unheard of. And here's why it matters. Democrats are hoping the ongoing trade war will put some daylight between President Trump and his rule base. But the idea that the party leadership would consider delaying the MFP payments doesn't help. Republicans weren't about to let go of the issue even after the Democratic leadership relented. They do agree on this. Hemp is tough to insure. Despite the partisan rancor over trade aid, Peterson and Conway are both raising concerns about providing crop insurance for hemp. I don't see how in the world you're going to be able to come up with a product for hemp, Peterson told Bill Northey, USDA undersecretary in charge of farm programs during a subcommittee hearing yesterday. The 2018 Farm Bill legalized hemp production and made it eligible for crop insurance. So far, USDA has only made hemp eligible for being covered under whole farm revenue policies, and that's starting next year. Conaway shared Peterson's concern, saying, quote, As I understand it, if a hemp plant is stressed through drought or lack of water, THC levels skyrocket, Conaway said, referring to the psychoactive compound in cannabis. So we're going to be insuring an illegal product. By the way, 25 House members have sent a bipartisan letter to FDA urging the agency to move quickly to provide a legal pathway to use CBD in food products and dietary supplements. FDA's current regulatory posture on CBD has created significant regulatory and legal uncertainty for participants in this quickly evolving industry. That's in the letter spearheaded by Representative Shelley Pingree of Maine and James Comer of Kentucky. Dairy producers will have another week to sign up for the Dairy Margin Coverage Program. Today was supposed to be the deadline for enrollment, which started in June, but USDA has extended that deadline to next Friday. As of last week, 20,647 farms had enrolled in DMC, about 55% of the licensed dairy operations nationwide. Farm Bill programs get funding and Senate bill. A fiscal 2020 spending bill headed to the Senate floor would provide money for several small programs of the 18 Farm Bill that did not have dedicated funding. Among those programs is the new Dairy Business Innovation Initiative, aimed at boosting regional production and diversifying markets. The bill also would extend the long-running fight over biotech salmon. The bill would require a study of the impact on salmon consumers of USDA's new bioengineered labeling rules before the fish can be marketed. Finally, here's today's He Said It. 
The ongoing trade conflicts have hit certain industries and commodities, but the state's overall economy has only been bruised, not broken by these developments. That Robert Kleinhertz, research director for Beacon Economics and co-author on a report published yesterday, finding no recession is in sight. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Friday, September 20th, brought to you by FMC. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Daly.